Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 93 for the 24th of October, 2008. How are you doing, James? I'm getting better, thanks, Ian. Oh, it sounds like you've got a bit of a bit of one of those chesty colds. Uh, well, kind of. I think it, maybe a flu passed me by. I was I've been I had a flu flyby. All oh, right, so you, you caught some and, uh, small part of it. I met some children. I think that was at the weekend. Oh, okay. Was down. You're, gonna, you're just going to catch anything at that point, aren't you? Exactly. Hot beds of disease. Mm. Um. Well, here we are on anyway. uh, couch ninety three. Yeah, Couch 93, take two, I should say. Yes, all sorts of technical timing, meeting rooms being stolen issues. Indeed. <laughs> so we will be most polished this time, I'm sure. Indeed. <laughs> no scripts required. So we're going to talk about uh, our usual mix of what's happening in the business world, mm-hmm. uh, technology and how it affects uh, everything to do with uh, broadcast and entertainment. Yeah, with a general few kind of core themes, I suppose, don't we? We have like business news, mm-hmm. technology news, mm-hmm. content delivery news, mobile news, yep. gaming news, because we do a bit of that, and anything wacky. Exactly. And there's normally something wacky about it. There's normally something so, wacky, but uh, so very cool. Well, I think we should probably kick off with the most exciting story. <laughs> not. <laughs> do, you think, do you not think so? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've heard it before. But, um, <laughs> well, this is uh, the fact that Ofcom, who's the regulator in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, has, uh, has had a proposal from a few of the broadcasters to release some of the spectrum early uh, right. on Freeview in order to be able to do uh, This is definition. the digital or the analog terrestrial services, right? They're going to release some of the frequencies prior to switch off, presumably? Right, switch off. So we're looking at mm-hmm. uh, basically the Granada region, which I understand is kind of London area. Is that right? You live there. Uh, yeah, so. but I don't know what people <laughs> call it. Uh, from late <laughs> autumn 2009, uh, with right. nationwide coverage by the end of digital switchover DSO in 2012. And does it mention if this is going to use the new funky DVB T2 standard, or is it? Doesn't uh, say either about that, but that would be very cool if it did, because uh, hmm. uh, doesn't that use less spectrum per? That's the idea, but. Obviously, all those people who've bought HD-ready monster tellies are going to be a bit uh, mm. upset when they find their television isn't quite as ready as they thought it was. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yes. Uh, but that, that means <coughs> we have three broadcasters that'll be able to do HD by that time, which is kind of nice. Well, I think the more the merrier. I mean, I'm actually thinking about getting HD at home now um, mm. in time for Christmas. So. Now, you've got BT Vision at home. Does that do HD at all? It allegedly can, uh-huh. although I haven't actually seen um, that happen yet. Mind you, oh, well, here's the, here's the point that there's no Freeview on, there's no HD on Freeview yet. Uh, so That's right, but they will be offering VOD stuff or, you know, progressive ah, download. I see. But you haven't had any HD uh, VOD content on that yet? Not yet, although my, in my Apple TV, which I actually fired up last night, mm-hmm. um, and got me another upgrade at the same time as doing HD as well now. Did it, so, did it work? Did it look good? Uh, it always looks pretty good. Uh, I must admit, I haven't rented an HD movie yet because mm-hmm. I've got this problem because my big screen in the garden is like, <laughs> I don't know, like I should work at it. It's probably 50 times the size of the one in my living room, so <laughs> I can't, don't really want to watch HD on there. But I suppose I could, mm-hmm. I don't know, move it around or something. I guess, so. yes. I actually mm. rented a movie on uh, on iTunes for my iPhone the other day. Uh-huh. Wow. 
Uh, but I haven't actually got around to watching it yet, so I'm hoping it doesn't expire by the time I actually get around to watching it. Isn't it from when you start? What, what are the rules? The business I, I think rules it's when, from when you start watching it, then you have 30 days, and then it's um, and then it expires. But I don't know when it expires if you haven't watched it. Hmm. So I'm hoping well, it'll okay. keep for a couple of weeks uh, for my next plane flight, and I can happily sit there and watch it. Maybe you'll be disappointed, and it's your birthday next week, I think, as well. So yeah, you need to buy yourself an extra movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, that's uh, well, that's all we could round up in the business news this week. Mm. But we've got a bit of technology um, news to do with. Yes, quite a lot of that. And it's a bit, it's a bit kind of green to some extent. Yes. Um, the BMW or owners of the the Mini brand now announced a leasing trial for mm-hmm. uh, fully electric Minis, um, which is only going to happen in the US, which I think is a bit weird because they're made in the UK. Um, made in the UK, Oxford and Munich. Well, made Germany and Oxford, and then they get the drivetrain and batteries fitted mm-hmm. um, to make them into electric ones. And it's you know, basically looks like a standard mini two door mini, mm-hmm. um, 150 miles range, 62 miles now, eight and a half seconds. Not too shabby. Not too bad at all. Uh, it does have a stupid plug logo on the roof and yellow <laughs> wing mirrors. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it charges up in two and a half hours, which is pretty good. But you do need to have a kind of chunky uh, power supply mm. to, I guess, get the amps in there. So mm. you have to have a special wall box installed or something mm-hmm. in your garage. And uh, I was actually reading that um, Australia <laughs> have had a wacky idea to basically mm-hmm. do a similar sort of thing to this, but you know, nationwide and provide all right. these charging points everywhere so that people can charge their electric cars. Well, uh, that's the idea that um, Shire Gassi's had. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe that's um, the Shire Gassi point in our next story, I mm-hmm. guess, which is um, this is the guy who left SAP and has got a proposal where he can basically wean various countries off oil pretty uh-huh. quickly by right. introducing charging points which are like akin to kind of um, car washes where you just sort of drive up, yeah, you know, put the up. car in neutral, it goes, doesn't charge up, it just switches the whole battery out. Oh, I see, right. So you go along and your battery is pulled out from your, you know, wherever it is under the car ah. and switched out for a new one. So you're not so much charging ah. the battery because that will take time. See, you're that's actually brilliant, just, yeah. That's you're just a good swapping idea. the battery. Yeah. And then there's no worries about the batteries going out of date because mm. essentially you're mm. you're buying a service, not... Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's a really smart idea. That's just like, you know, how you have um, you know, gas canisters for your barbecue. Well, exactly, except there's no gas, which is the whole point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of gas, we're doing it with, you know, yeah. batteriness. And, and no, no nitrogen or anything, I guess. You know, there is, you then idea. become dependent on lithium, mm-hmm. maybe, or some other battery technology. But at least if you don't, if the user doesn't own the battery, it can all be recycled and it should mm-hmm. be fairly closed loop mm-hmm. when the batteries, you know, just need refurbishing or whatever. But um, the proposal, I think, Shy had made... To the next president of the US, because the election is mm-hmm. only a couple of weeks away, is um, you know, hundred billion dollars. You can um, no more really gasoline required. Wow. Well, um, maybe they're trying to achieve a similar thing in Australia, but I think the idea is from the supply side. Uh, but you still got to have cars to plug into it, and you know use the electricity so we'll see what happens there. It's a bit of a chicken and egg thing. It's like the same argument about you know any new technology. It's like. Mm. Oh, um, you know, well, there's no point putting the, the charging points in because nobody's got the cars. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah. someone's got to start, yeah, somewhere, start somewhere. somewhere. And I like to remember the yeah. fact that, you know, that at one point there was no petrol stations anywhere at all. So exactly. If you can solve that one, then everything else is easy. But you can't, I mean, I guess because the power density, I mean, in many third world countries, you probably see, you know, almost people with milk bottles full of gasoline sitting on the side of the <laughs> road who will sell you a bit for uh-huh. your moped. Yeah. Yep. You can't do that in a, in a battery world. No. 
Mind you, um, I mean, this, the, that Mini does have 5,088 lithium-ion cells in it, so, you know, if you're running yeah, low, you're you not going to just buy one or two, are you, on the side <laughs> of the road? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe, you know, maybe you can uh, grab one for your mobile phone if it's going flat or something, I don't know. You can imagine a sort of comedy video with some guy getting, like, a petrol pump and sort of <laughs> AA batteries coming out of it in a big, in a big long line into your... Uh, well, that's pretty much what it is, isn't it? Well, not really at all, uh, in okay. fact, no. <laughs> nice idea. Um, now, you've got a uh, stick of fork in it, a broadband over power line story. What's all that about? Uh, is this, it like game over? Uh, this is, is a, an article from Ars Technica, who, uh, Glenn Fleischman, who's been following the whole broadband over power line mm-hmm. uh, possibility for the last couple of years, has, in, in his words, he's kind of declared it dead, done and dusted. Uh, the idea being that um, it's been the uh, next year's big technology for the last 10 years. Right. Uh, and he's saying that after all the effort, after all the energy put into trying to create some sort of standard, that physically it's just, uh, it's just not, uh, we just don't have the right technology or we may never have the right technology to take advantage of the fact that we have these wires everywhere. Uh, because the, I mean, I, do you agree with that? I mean, I've got uh, power line stuff at home I use it and Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. I find it very useful um, mm-hmm. it does work uh, yeah absolutely and I think around a home it's, it's perfectly fine I think what they've found is that actually trying to get broadband from some, from some central place and then transporting it over you know high voltage oh, I agree lines. I mean to get it going over monster power lines mm-hmm. seems a bit mm-hmm. I mean you've got fibre is probably the way to go I mean if yep. that's what you're looking to get gigabits per second over power yep. lines yeah and that's what he's basically saying in that you mm. know we do there was a moment where everyone thought, well, one day all I'll have to do is plug in my device and it'll have access to broadband by the fact that it's connected to power. Mm. Uh, and that's turned out to be unfortunately not quite true because, uh, as you're saying, uh, you, know, you can design some really nicely efficient fibre networks, but the power networks were never designed in such a way that, uh, you know, in such a way that data distribution works very well over them. Yeah, it's inherently noisy. I mean, there's yeah. lots of switching and things like that, which generate sort of lots of impulse noise. Yeah, and you're moving 15,000 volts down to uh, small yeah. voltages, down to household voltages. And every time there's a, a lightning strike, that's, you know, inductive yeah. spikes appear everywhere. And, you know, it's mm. just, it's a fairly unfriendly environment. And, <laughs> yep. you know, not to mention, no, just come and plug in your modem. Uh, am I going to die? You know, so. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine that. So, so you know, I, I, interesting stuff. I think he's probably mm. right. Like, I mean, the difficulty has always been that um, uh, one day we'll be able to get broadband everywhere, but um, certainly not. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I hadn't realised anyone was looking into that. I think it was more kind of, you know, look at railroads and how they could just run cables along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the biggest problems with running any new cables is that you've got to own the land. And I guess there's mm. some special provision for people doing power lines and that they don't. Yes. They must, uh, presumably they own the land where the pylons are. Yeah, or at least everyone agrees that it's a good thing to do. Yeah, so they could string fibre along the same poles, probably. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and this and is what's would, happened in, you know, uh, in Canberra and Australia, where Transact mm. has uh, pretty much done that sort of thing. But, uh, and that's probably about as close as it's going to get to uh, broadband and power lines being good friends. Yeah, and I mean, optics are very good for isolating all the noise as mm, well. Exactly, so, you know, yeah, you, you're perfectly safe at that point. Yeah. Hmm... Okay, so, so moving on to content d- delivery, mm. um, I guess apart from that little storyette there of uh, iTunes in Europe going HD for Ooh. Apple TV That's for rentals nice. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, which I must I must give it a try, but mm. again, I'm not sure. It's still it's about th- I think it was three pounds eighty six or something for a movie on 
uh, on HD on Apple iTunes right. Right, on, for the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And they were promising day and date release for VOD, for DVD as well. Well, that's not bad. Which is quite pretty, pretty good. Um, so have to look out for that. Um, I mean, that is quite compelling, I suppose. Um, mm. But yeah. I, I, it's quite tricky to navigate through the content on the Apple TV. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Um, but again, that's maybe because I've got a relatively small screen. Anyway, that wasn't the main story. The main story was Sky and the BBC confirm iPlayer content deal. Mm, now, iPlayer is the BBC. What's mm. is this Sky on BBC or is this BBC on Sky? What's which way? Well, it was it? a bit confusing, wasn't it? Um, the Sky Player, which was previously known as Sky Anytime on PC, gives Sky customers access to live and on-demand content from a range of channel providers. Mm-hmm. But I guess not all of the channels on Sky, just some of them. Yes. So what they'll allow is access to some of the BBC content via the Sky Player, which presumably... Oh, okay. So it's, it's only an incremental. It just, it's like another content partner joining the Sky Player, I guess. Right. And I guess from BBC's perspective, they're keen on getting their content out to everybody by as many means as possible. Well, that's their mandate. They don't have any choice, really. I mean, mm. that's, that's what we pay for. Mm. So they can't say no. <laughs> so presumably you can get some good BBC content over Sky's Sky Player now, as well as BBC's iPlayer. Must admit, I don't have it, so mm. couldn't tell you. But I guess it's not all of it. But I mean, presumably all the BBC channels are on Sky. So Yes, indeed. I don't know which. I guess it's the ones they have the rights for in the same way that not everything is on iPlayer. Yeah, so. true. Well, um, I might have to have a look at that because I've got Sky at home, so I should be able to crank that up and see what happens. Mm. I haven't had a look at uh, I had a look at Sky's when back when it was going back a few months ago when it was called <laughs> um, Sky by Broadband, mm. uh, but I haven't had a look at it since it became Sky Player. So I'll have to have a look at that okay. and see what the contents like. Very nice. Have you uh, had a look at this new iPhone app, the TV Plus one? No. Yeah. What does that do? You can on your iPhone you can book stuff on um, your Sky Plus. Hey, that's cool. Okay, I'm um, going to have to get that. But it's a paid-for app. That's the, mm-hmm. the thing. It's a couple of quid, I think. But uh, That's right. If I can, can find, and- You can find shows and just click to record. Hey, that's and neat. You, That'd you be interface cool. it with your Sky. Mm-hmm. There's another kind of funny Sky Plus account or something. Right. Because that's cool because there's a couple of times where I've been, you know, reading the morning newspaper on the way to work and seeing some program that's on tonight and I've been going out that evening and going, oh, I'm not going to be able to record it. That'd be really <laughs> neat. I can just sit there on my well, You can do that on the web anyway. You can do it with a standard web interface. Yeah, you can. That's true. But you have to, you, there's some kind of initial registration thing to prove that it is actually your Sky Plus box okay. where they'll, I don't know, quite, it's probably, you know, they'll email you a code, you type it into an mm-hmm. interactive app on mm-hmm. your box and then the box sends it back to say, yes, this is really Ian's box stuff. But, once you've done that, I think it's, um, you know, you can book it from the web, from your phone, from wherever. But that would so. be quite neat if I was sitting there reading the newspaper and was able to book what I was going to watch, what I was going to record that evening. Yeah. Even before I got to work. Fantastic. Check it out. Um, so that's, that was kind of our segue into mobile almost, wasn't it? God, we're so professional, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Sliding right in there. Um, you had a little story on the mobile stuff other than, you know, the favourite... Apple TV, Apple iPhone game du jour mm, um, mm. at KPN. And we do, we do try and cover what's happening in terms of mobile TV because it's been you know, a much talked about technology that uh, has not quite seen the light of day yet, but we hope that it will start to see a bit more use as uh, more bandwidth is available around the world. Uh, but KPN have said they've reached the magic 10,000 subscribers to their mobile TV platform and they're using DVBH, which I think is... Uh, 
That's not bad number of subscribers. Uh, they're using yeah, I mean, there's a few more in Italy, I think, but mm, that's, that's right. pretty much it. And then nine ninety five euros a month, mm-hmm. um, or free if you. Is it free if you get? Yeah, uh, if you, you pay a lot, pay, you, <laughs> you get for pay free. It, <laughs> you get a package, you get it for free. But yeah, uh, is your um, your three G handset still working for TV? Oh, it's a cracker. Yep, you can watch um, BBC News Twenty Four and stuff like that. Comedy you know, Paramount mm. Comedy Channel. Some uh, classics. It's worth taking the bus to work, is it? Yeah. So you can do that. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, now that you, I'm used to the iPhone, it's so small. The the screen on my 3G phone yeah. is like, oh, you just can't do this. Uh, so, uh, but you know, you can get the BBC iPlayer for the iPhone, right? So okay. maybe I should have a check that out. Well, that's just you just go to the website, the iPlayer oh, really? site. You I don't actually. It it's not a special player. Oh, no, you okay. just do a web link. So no, that's nothing slightly clever. disappointing. Anyway, so um, you can actually add subscription options to your uh, KPN mobile TV subscription and uh, get a couple of live football games and uh, yeah. and uh, one adult channel for a mere five euros a month. And they say here that the Nokia N96 mm-hmm. supports TVBH, which I didn't know. All oh, right, um, okay, because the N95 so is currently the current current kind of popular. All in one Nokia. It does all yeah. battery munching. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I guess this one presumably is even more battery munching. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, so that's good. Another thing I found on the mobile side was, um, I guess, one of the more popular uh, data formats in the world is the Qualcomm MediaFlow for TV, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is their own sort of proprietary based on CDMA standard as opposed to the DVB-H one. Yeah. Uh, and they've come up with a, it looks like a clever kind of marketing spin where Clearly outside the US, um, where flat rate mobile packages, I guess, haven't existed before the iPhone, really, mm-hmm. to be fair. They've come up with a uh, set of chips, a bit like, you know, the Intel Centrino stuff, which said, yeah. if you have Intel Centrino, then you've got, you've got to buy the Intel chipsets, but basically it means you've got Wi-Fi mm. in your, mm. um, your device. Yeah. Uh, they've come up with something called Gobi. <laughs> Gobi, um, Okay. Gobi, which is basically a chipset from Qualcomm, which you can build into a laptop, mm-hmm. so there's no antennas and stuff, and you can essentially then have roaming access worldwide. Ah, um, okay, nice. Nice. That'll so, be very handy, because I do quite a bit of travelling. It'd be nice if I can just open up my laptop and surf away. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's built-in GPS as well, so it's, it's basically a, oh, wow. a kind of wireless roaming chipset. Mm, um, but great. it's kind of EVDO and HSDPA, so I'm not quite sure how well deployed they are does it kind of scan whatever it can find or it doesn't do it's it's being certified to work on 3g networks worldwide is there compatibility maybe one of our listeners can let us Mm. know compatibility between the the dv the um the gsm 3g Mm -hmm. and the um kind of evdo standards and things like that interesting because if you have any info on that send it to feedback at on the couch podcast.com yeah, uh, but I certainly believe that the uh, mobile data roaming charges are not compatible with my credit card at all. They're ridiculously yes. expensive. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, be, in, be certain to put your phone on non-roaming. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm sure it will change, but it's going to take a while before, mm. I guess, because the, the world is actually quite fragmented. Yes. Until there is a true multinational says, hey, you know, we're going to do this. Yeah, well, even, I mean... Everyone does it, even Vodafone, where we roam from Vodafone to Vodafone to Vodafone. Yeah, they still charge ridiculous amounts for data when you move countries. Yeah, well, c'est la vie. 
It's just uh, stop looking at TV on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No more YouTube. Uh, so Indeed. moving on to uh, gaming news. And uh, uh-huh. as, as a big fan of the PS3, James, uh, you must be disappointed mm. at... Um, I was. I've actually got um, what happened there? Little Big Planet on, um, on back order, actually. Ah. Um, and if you look in the show notes, you can see Little Sackboy, or whatever his name is. Uh-huh. And what does uh, he do? He's called Sackboy. What's the, the he's, he's the main character uh-huh. of, um, of Little Big Planet, and yep. he's, he's you, effectively, and he's quite cute, and there's lots of sort of Loco Roco style music, right. which is the cause of this news article, as some of you may have heard. Um, one of the beta testers of Little Big Planet pointed out that in you know the third level scene one, some of the backing music mentioned some parts of the Quran, right? Um, or is extracts from the Quran from a Somali singing chap, mm-hmm. and they he said that's probably not a good idea. Otherwise, um, you know, it might might be offensive as some Muslims consider the use of the Quran sort of in anything other than a a religious situation is not a good idea. So um, okay. basically Sony concurred with that and have pulled the release date. Um, I think it was supposed to be this week mm. and they've deferred it um, by only a couple of weeks, which is quite yeah. phenomenal. It's either a very clever marketing thing. <laughs> well, now everyone knows about Little Big Planet, like it's been on exactly. all the websites exactly. all over the place. And, yeah. and they'll be listening to the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, everyone check, will you know. be now. They'll be trying, oh, I wonder what else is in there. <laughs> Wow, that's um, like, like a global recall. That's incredible. That must have been... Was it a recall or just not a print? Someone just didn't hit the print button? No, I, mean, I think it was a recall. I actually had to pull stuff off. Um, yeah, I mean, presumably there are other concerns people there. had as well about glitches, but someone has to make the, is it a showstopper mm, kind of mm. command? And, and that was clearly, mm, we can't risk that. Mm. So, uh, especially after Sony's recent bungles on various mm, DRM things issues, and yep. stuff like that, they've got stuff to do. So, well, um, so when, when are you expecting it now? A couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I think, you know, mid, uh, mid November, just in time for the Christmas shopping period. Okay, so, nice. Um, it's meant to be, it is meant to be not nice the first so. time it's happened. I don't know if you remember one of the, the first launch games, Resistance Fall of Man. Yeah, what happened there? Um, had a, some scenes in, a, in Manchester Cathedral. That's where right, there were lots yeah. of um, killing nasty things. And, in Manchester um, Cathedral, right. Yeah. Eventually well, they did I mean, apologize, didn't they? They did, but they didn't withdraw into the game. Yeah. And I know others like um, Drake's Fortune is another game which does stuff inside, but they're, they're fictional places mm-hmm. as opposed to real places. So um, mm. it seems like fictional religions are fine. Right, but not real. Uh, but mind you, was it, what was one of those elections recently where a lot of people claimed their religion was Star Wars? <laughs> oh, really? Jedi, that was it. That was, um, <laughs> well, let's, um, we'll have to use the force on that one. Yeah, exactly. They know they didn't withdraw the Force Unleashed, did they? Because the Jedi religion no, complained. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. Um, now you've you seem to be obsessed by flying things. And last week we did a the uh, was it DARPA doing the the mm. plane that could go underwater, mm. turn into a submarine. And uh, in this in this particular article, we've got a. Do we say an entrepreneur? If they're a little crazy, maybe they're. Uh, yeah. No, he's clearly serious about it. I mean, he's got a, a flying car, Terrafugia CEO, Carl <laughs> Dietrich. what that means. <laughs> so he's, uh, the idea here is that it's really a plane, but uh, when you get to your airport by flying it, then you can fold up the wings and drive off. You don't have to rent a car. You can just drive. Fantastic. So these are, this is for the niche market of the uh, half a million pilots in the US who commute to work <laughs> by airplane. Really? Maybe the half million licensed pilots are flying on commercial airlines. Um, well, yes. Rather than 
you know. I mean, I, I see where I live quite a few kind of rural airports, but I don't mm. see anyone, you know, the people that turn up at these airports with the planes and helicopters have got like Aston Martin DB5s. They don't want to have a, you know, mm-hmm. a Jetsons flying beetle. I reckon it'd be great. You know, I could get it, get into work without having to worry about all the traffic or the tube or anything like that and uh, land somewhere here in sunny Farringdon. I don't quite know how I'd manage that, but I'm sure I could find a spot somewhere. <laughs> Great. Fold my wings and park it somewhere and I'll be done for the day. I Great. think you're not, what you need is a beetle, not a... Uh, <laughs> not a no, you actually need a beetle to jump on its back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can uh, you can buy one for 198000 which is not a bad price considering that... Uh, I'm not sure you can. They're saying they're taking pre-orders. I'm not saying they're actually oh, going to make right, it. Sorry. I mean, isn't that the... Okay, so they're pre-ordered 50, which means yeah. they probably put down a, I don't know, 10K deposit or something. And you don't have to rent a car. You can park it outside your house because it's, you don't have to rent a hangar. <laughs> It's, it's just so convenient. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. we haven't been doing this for years, James. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Flying You're cars. I mean, it's kind of a schoolboy dream, isn't it? We'd all kind of like one. Yeah, we would really. We're not going to get one. <laughs> um, what's the, the other thing I found was this, uh, you know, remember Meccano? Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a Meccano? I had Meccano when I was, it was like, you know. Which you? was kind of, for those of you who don't know what Meccano is, it's mm-hmm. a kind of, stamped metal stuff that you bolt together mm. and it has like gears and wheels and stuff mm-hmm. um, that was then I don't know what it is now and you could build cranes and things yeah I used to build didn't, cranes didn't really and do cars much. and stuff like that yeah yeah um, and now they've gone all sort of techno mm-hmm. and they've come out with this thing called Spiky the Wi-Fi robot wow that's a bit of a, um, a, bit of a move for Meccano <laughs> well you know they've discovered the transistor mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff Um and this is a kind of, I, I got this from, have you heard of Bruce Schneier? He does, he's a name. sort of cryptologist kind of guy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does quite a good newsletter and he was saying that he thought this was quite cool. So I had a look at it and it is indeed quite cool. Basically, it's a, it's a robot that you can control via the internet uh-huh. and it roams around the house. Cool. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's 300 bucks or something. And um, it's got a webcam on it mm-hmm. and you can talk to people as well. So you can basically trundle around <laughs> wherever you like and you can use Skype to talk to the people. So, is so it, it could be you your, your own robotic presence at home when you're somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. You're virtual. You're <laughs> virtually fantastic. there. Yeah. Oh, I'm so going to have to get one of those. That sounds very cool. Most bizarre. That's obviously on the Christmas list. Definitely. Um, so there we go. That kind of brings us pretty much to the end, doesn't it? Oh, I think it does. That brings us in short and sweet couch ninety three. Fantastic. Well, I hope you had a great week. And uh, yeah, I, d- I did, and I hope this this works. Yeah. Give us, sorry for the irregular publishing folks out there, but uh, microphones aren't as easy as yeah. they might seem to be. It all looks easy, and we know when the professionals do it. But um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to keep it all working. I think. Indeed, and mm. do send us your feedback. We we love to hear from you feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com or even write a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you really think. That'd be Good great. or bad. <laughs> All right. So thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week in uh, yeah. Couch 94. Yeah. Goodbye from me, James. Happy birthday, Ian. Next <laughs> <time>. Bye. <laughs> and bye from bye. Ian. Cheers. Bye.